Welcome to the Get Yourself Together Chica podcast, the show that helps you thrive. Or, you know, sometimes just survive. I'm Rebecca Fernandez. In each episode, we dive deep into something that has an impact on our lives as women. Whether that's money or love, motherhood or friendship, our careers, or just making space for joy. Welcome to episode number 12. Today is all about grabbing your sneakers or your hiking boots and hitting the trail. We'll explore why I think winter is a great time to start hiking. And we will talk about various fun characters and people pairings that you might just encounter on the trail. We'll also dive into tips for a great hike and share some trail etiquette that you might want to keep in mind. You can find the show notes with links to anything I mentioned today at getyourselftogetherchica.com slash podcast. And if you have questions or tips or stories you want to share, please send them to podcast at getyourselftogetherchica.com. I love getting your letters. But first, I want to share what's bringing me joy right now. The dark-eyed juncos are back. These adorable little cartoon-like birds have completed their journey from upstate New York and Canada and returned to my North Carolina neighborhood to stay for another winter. I spotted the first male scout a few weeks ago, but I hadn't seen any since then. As of this morning, I'm recording this episode shortly before Thanksgiving, the whole flock has arrived, and they appear to be delighted with the upgraded bird feeding stations we provided this year. In my opinion, they make the cutest sound of all the birds. It's a pew, pew, pew sound, almost like a 1980s video game. I'll post a link to the Audubon Society's page about dark-eyed juncos in the show notes, and also a video of their cute little chirp so that you can keep an eye out for them. Maybe they come to where you live at some point during the year, too. And yes, it is my goal in life to turn every one of my listeners into a crazy bird lady. It's my midlife obsession, and I don't care one bit that it's perhaps a complete cliche. Birds are freaking awesome, chicas. All right, let's jump right in and talk about why I think that winter is the very best time to start hiking if you're not already in the habit. Back in late 2020, when so much of normal life was still locked down from the pandemic, I started to get a little concerned about how I was going to navigate the approaching winter. I have always been prone to the winter blues, even after 20 years of living in a fairly warm and sunny part of the United States. And I knew that the social isolation that everyone was battling, it was going to feel even harder when the weather grew cold and dark. So I was thrilled when I saw that a local organizer had created an eight-week Winter Trail Challenge series back in late 2020. It was designed similarly to signing up for a road race, except that it lasted for weeks. And each Monday, they would send you a new and mysterious hiking route to try out. I went ahead and signed up, and each week... I would talk someone else into getting out of the house, getting their mask, and going with me. Remember, this was back when vaccines were just starting to come available, and when we were all still trying to sort out whether you needed to wear a mask if you were outdoors or six feet apart, etc. It wasn't an easy time to get people out of the house, but we all needed it. And so that became part of my goal, to lift myself out of the winter blues, and to bring someone else along, too. Sometimes it was my best friend. Other times it was my kids, a few times it was my partner and his kids, and twice we actually managed to get all six of us out on the trail together. Truly, getting outdoors and into the woods at least once a week, 
It saved my soul during a dark time. In fact, I remember noticing that in prior winters, when I was training for long-distance races, winters seemed less hard. There's something freeing about facing the cold for an hour or two at a time. It takes its power away, and it reminds you that actually, winter isn't so awful after all. Now, of course, those of you who live where winters are much harsher, you need to be careful. You want to get good gear that protects you from the elements. And you'll need to time your hikes carefully to make the most of the warmest and driest parts of the day. So if you're new to wintertime hiking, make sure to seek out advice from locals in your area. There are people who do go out in almost all weather and hit the trail. You just might have to visit an outdoors store or a trail parking lot in December to find them. These days, I try to get out for a walk around my neighborhood every day during the winter. And I aim for a longer hike, usually two to three hours, with my best friend on most weekends. It was during one such hike a few weeks back when my friend told me that she'd been hiking alone the day before and started noticing that you could almost perfectly categorize every couple or pair who passes you on the trail. She gave me a few examples of couples you'll spot on the trail, and pretty soon we had hiked three miles and come up with a whole classification system. Okay, so the first pair you will frequently spot on the trail is the Platonic Pals. That's two friends like us who are happily hitting the trail together. No romantic entanglements, no expectations, just two people who love the outdoors, keeping each other safe from bears and creepers. Oh, sometimes they will be squabbling especially over which way to go with the fork and whether they took the wrong turn and what happened the last time that the other said, I'm sure this is the right way. But don't be fooled. It's all part of their little platonic routine and ritual. And no matter how close things come to blows, they'll probably be back out there next week hitting the trail. In stark contrast, we once spotted what my friend dubbed the poorly executed first date couple. He was wearing dress shoes and a button-down white shirt and pretty much everything else you'd expect of someone headed out to a dinner date. She was wearing a short dress and spiky high heels. And while they both seemed game for the strange twist that this obviously first date was taking, they were not dressed for this part of the plan. Nice idea, not so great execution. So if you're not the platonic pals and you're thinking that a walk in the woods seems like a good addition to your first date with someone, make sure you both have a heads up so you can at least bring a pair of walking shoes. High heels and pine needles do not mix. That brings us to the next couple you will often spot on the trail, the health nuts slash fitness buffs. This couple can be identified by the pep in their step and their shared enthusiasm for being there. They will usually be wearing pretty high-end hiking gear or fitness outfits. If either one has a ponytail, it will be bouncing happily as they smile and chat. Even if it is mile seven and you are resting on a log at the top of a steep hill, wishing that you had brought more water, they will bound right past you like two gazelles full of life and love. They're probably on their way to go eat a nice, big, clean bowl of kale salad for lunch. In contrast stands the Let's Get Fit pair. You can identify those two by the newness of their outfits and the way they encourage each other to just keep going, no matter how much they're huffing and puffing and sweating. Other times, their outfits suggest that they own absolutely nothing that is suitable for hiking through the woods, 
but they are going to slap on a pair of cargo shorts or a velvet tracksuit and get out there anyway. Because by golly, they have made a resolution together and they intend to keep it. This pair sometimes hopes, with a few more months, they will be magically transformed into the health nuts slash fitness buffs. Spoiler alert, they probably will not. But good on them for giving it the old college try. They're certainly happier than they would have been if they'd stayed at home on the couch. They are much better off than the come on, it'll be fun pair. If you spend five minutes on the trail, you will see this pair, who, in my experience, tend to be a heterosexual couple. But in any case, one half of the pair, the fitter, enthusiastic one, will be several steps ahead of their other half. That's the one who has been talked into this hiking business under the guise of, come on, it'll be fun. They are probably wearing the wrong shoes and trying to catch their breath and glaring at the back of their partner's head. It will not be fun, by the way, at least not for everyone. Sometimes the come on, it'll be fun pair aren't a couple at all. They're a human and a dog. And you can tell who talked who into this by which one has flopped down on the side of the trail and is refusing to take even one more step. But in any case, they are better off than the let's work on our relationship couple. Every time I'm on the trail, I run into this pair. This is the couple who is out there hitting the trail and clearly trying so hard not to hit each other. But of course, like anyone in a troubled relationship, with all of this time on their hands, mile after mile, all they can do is argue. You can spot this couple from the waves of resentment and rage that roll off of them. Or, you know, when you hear one of them hiss, I haven't liked you since 2007. <laughs> so which pair are you? Are you the platonic pair like me and my best friend? Are you those lucky health nuts who are out there pounding the trail before you grab some quinoa and call this a date? Are you working on your relationship? Or maybe you're like my best friend and you're the solo hiker. You're willing to get out there on the trail on your own. Soak up the solitude with a little pepper spray in your pocket. Because, life metaphor alert, it is actually much more pleasant to walk alone than to be accompanied by someone who's unhappy about being there. Now, of course, these categorizations are not intended to be a complete list. And it's mostly just a fun way to pass the time on the trail. Ultimately, I'm happy to see almost anyone take a walk through the woods. I say almost anyone because, as you'll see when we get to the etiquette tips later on, there are some things you can do on the trail that will make other folks wish you'd pack up your stuff and head back to the sofa. Stay tuned to the end for that. But I'm getting ahead of myself now, aren't I? When I talk about hitting the trail, you might be wondering, what kinds of trails? I personally like trails that aren't paved but instead are a marked and cleared path with a soft surface. Usually that's dirt and fallen leaves. You can find this kind of trail in state and national parks, sometimes in local parks too, especially trails that run alongside rivers or creeks or lakes. If you search online for local trails, you can usually find pictures that will show you whether it's paved. I enjoy a paved trail, but for a more restorative, natureful experience, I will drive a further distance to a soft path through the woods. Oh, speaking of nature, I've been meaning to tell you what I've been reading this week. A few days ago, I started to think about how every year, my partner and I both wait too long to decide it's time to buy a calendar. 
When we get to the bookstore, it is entirely devoid of any decent calendars. We end up with something completely random, like the hamsters with bad hair calendar. So I thought, why don't we make a date of it? We can pop into the bookstore or go to one of those calendar kiosks on a Saturday specifically to pick out our 2024 calendars. And that's what we did. My calendar of choice is the 2024 Audubon Songbirds and Backyard Birds calendar. And it's been so fun to flip through it before the new year arrives. My partner chose a Greek Isles calendar. So I have a feeling that Santorini will be calling both of our names all year long. All right, let's talk tips for a great hike. First, break in new gear on short trails. I would hope that this one is pretty self-explanatory, but actually it can take almost anyone by surprise. For example, you might think it's no big deal to bring a new water bottle on a five or six mile hike, right? Yeah, I did that once and discovered about a mile and a half in that it leaked badly. That was annoying. So whatever new gear you have, especially if it's a pair of shoes, take it for a test drive first. One mile, maybe two, tends to be a good safe stretch to start breaking new stuff in, and also confirm that it's going to be suitable for a longer trek. My second tip is follow the blazes and check them often. Most trails have some kind of colored blaze system that marks which trail you're on and confirms that you're still headed in the right direction. A blaze might be a color that's spray-painted onto the trees, or a little plastic shape that's nailed up on the tree, or even signposts if you're on a fancy trail. But whatever the blazes the blazes are, check often that you are still following them. It is very easy to get lost in thought or lost in a conversation and realize that now you're lost on the trail. And it's even easier to both make the assumption that the other person knows where you're going. Which brings us to my third tip. Assume that the trail is at least 10% longer than the map says it is. You might get lost or turned around, or the trail just isn't accurately measured. But either way, almost every time I hit the trail, I find that my Garmin watch says I've hiked about a mile longer than the trail map suggests I should have hiked. So whether that's figuring out what time you'll be home, or how much food or water to bring, just assume that the trail is going to be longer than it's meant to be. Fourth tip, super important, pee before you go. You do not want to arrive at the trailhead with a full bladder, only to discover that the bathroom is closed for repairs. And you really don't want to get on the trail, only to realize that you should have used the bathroom one more time back at the trailhead. Sure, you could go traipsing off into the woods, dodging ticks and snakes and poison ivy, and maybe all will go well. I know some of you might even wear that experience as a badge of honor. But really, it is a lot easier to just make a habit of using the restroom at home and then again at the trailhead before you get on the trail. I have lost count, but my next tip is to always pack snacks and water. Even if you're hiking a short distance, it's just nice to have a little something waiting for you back at the car when you're done. And if you'll be on the trail for more than an hour or two, a handful of raisins and almonds with a big swig of water can be just the pick-me-up that you need. My best friend and I usually hike between 5 and 7 miles, which takes us a couple of hours. 
so we like to pack some really appealing snacks. Sometimes I'll bring homemade peanut butter protein bars, or she'll bake some hearty banana muffins to share. Either way, we are always excited for snack time. Yes, we're like five-year-olds, basically. It's a good idea, too, to ease into hiking. If you have hardly taken a stroll around the block this year, do not jump into a moderate-difficulty four-plus-mile hike as your first one. Pick something that is labeled easy and one that is short. A mile, maybe two, three at the most. You want to give your joints, especially your knees and your hips, and also your muscles, time to get acclimated to the movement of hiking. Walking on uneven, root-filled, hilly terrain is different than walking on pavement or sidewalk. It takes longer, and you tend to feel it more the next day. So keep those first few hikes short, and maybe treat yourself to a soak in the tub with some Epsom salts afterward. Along the same lines, make sure to enjoy the hike. It's not a race. Slow down, catch your breath, and absorb everything around you. Walk slowly enough so that you can hear the birds and see the squirrels, feel the leaves crunching beneath your feet. If you're hiking with someone who is much fitter than you, or you're much fitter than they are, an easy way to make it enjoyable for both of you is to pack a rucksack if you're not equally matched for fitness. Whoever is in better shape should carry a little weight on their back. Even just adding 10 or 15 pounds is enough to make a slower pace suitable for somebody who's more fit. You can buy what are called ruck weights if you want to get fancy about it. Or you can just bring a lot of water and have the fitter person carry it. Water gets heavy fast. And if you're unevenly matched for fitness levels, it's also wise to let the slowpoke take the lead and set the pace. If the slower person walks in front of the faster one, they don't have to repeatedly ask them to slow down. And that tends to be pretty awkward for a lot of people, especially if you feel less fit than you want to be. So make it easy on both of you and let the slowpoke take the lead and set the pace. That brings us to trail etiquette. First up, turn your music off or wear headphones. I can be a little militant about this, but hear me out. Nobody, and I mean nobody, wants to hike several miles into the woods while listening to somebody else's music. Yet on a semi-regular basis, I encounter hikers who seem completely oblivious to this. They will put their phone on speaker and crank up their iTunes, or even worse, they'll bring a portable radio. Don't do that. The same goes for taking phone calls while you're on the trail. Nobody wants to hear even just your half of a business deal when they're out in the woods trying to escape the working world. If you absolutely have to take a phone call, then just step to the side of the trail and do it there so that people can pass you and they don't have to listen to you blab on and on for miles. Second bit of trail etiquette to be aware of, announce when you're passing someone. So that means when you get about, let's say, six or eight feet behind someone, call out, passing on your left, or something like that, so you don't startle them. I know from looking at my podcast stats that quite a few of my listeners are men. And that's cool. I appreciate you, Chicos. But let me call out here. Announcing your approach and that you're passing, this is especially important if you are a man who is approaching a woman from behind on the trail. 
If you don't do that, and she thinks you're sneaking up on her, she might just whirl around with pepper spray in her hand. And that is not going to be fun for anyone. So just say, passing on your left, as you approach anyone on the trail. It's a common courtesy. Another bit of trail etiquette. Take your trash with you. Whether it is the wrapper from your protein bar or that little green bag of doggy poo, the same is true. You need to pick it up and take it with you. Yes, even if that means hiking several miles until you can deposit it in a trash can. The trail is nobody's trash can, friends. And last but not least, consider greeting your fellow hikers. A simple nod or good morning goes a long way toward making the trail feel safe for everyone. With that being said, you should also be cautious about engaging people in conversation beyond that passing greeting. Unless you are getting clear signals that someone wants to talk to you on the trail and that talking to them feels safe to you, it's probably best to give people their space. Striking up a brief conversation by the trail map or back in the trailhead parking lot tends to be fine. But on the trail itself, folks are often there because they're craving solitude and quiet. Although, come to think of it, I don't know if that might be a regional or cultural difference. In the mid-Atlantic region of the U.S., I'd say from Pennsylvania down to the Carolinas, I have found that to be pretty consistently true. I'm curious, though, to hear if it might be different, say, out in the Midwest or in other countries. Send me a note at podcast at getyourselftogetherchica.com and give me your opinion on trail etiquette, what you think I got right today, and where you think I'm dead wrong. Well, it's time to share what's been blowing my mind this week. I came across a YouTube video called Become Who You're Afraid to Be, and it's all about understanding why you sometimes might prefer to live in a fantasy land, such as, I could write a great book, rather than live in reality and do the hard, messy work of, say, actually writing a book. It digs into some interesting philosophy from one of the fathers of modern psychology, Carl Jung, and I found myself thinking a lot about this video ever since I watched it. If you have ever found yourself holding back from really pursuing your dreams, from really going after what you want, maybe give it a watch and tell me what you think. Well, chicas, that's all for today. For more episodes or links to the resources I might have mentioned, visit getyourselftogetherchica.com slash podcast. If you liked today's episode, please share it with your friends, post it on social media, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any episodes. I would value so much if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever app you listen to podcasts. Until next time, chicas. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Gail Van Mater Photography. When you need a professional photo for your LinkedIn profile or that panel you're speaking on, do you have a photo that you're proud to share? Does it show your personality and make you shine? Is it more than five years old? When it's time to update your professional image, if you're in the Triangle area of North Carolina, visit gailvanmaterphotography.com. Van Mater is spelled V-A-N-M-A-T-R-E. I'll put a link in the show notes to make it easy. Be sure to mention this podcast to get a special offer.